I said, what you know about it? It's the stool, baby. Got the knees in plus. Young stool, baby. And the room a lot. Hello, you're listening to The Stew. I'm Jason Stewart. Food podcast is happening. Andre, say hello. Hello. We got, we got one guest today, John Yao. How are you? Good. Thanks, Thanks for having me. John, Thanks for coming. You're from Kato? Kato, yeah. Kato or Kato? Kato. Real fast Kato. Real fast Kato. Yeah. yeah. Bang, bang. Kato, it's a restaurant here in LA on the west side. It's like a omakase style tasting menu spot that's real popular right now yeah you could you could say it's omakase yeah it's just like it's a tasting menu it rotates whenever we decide it changes with the seasons is there a difference between a tasting menu and omakase it's the same thing i mean people say kaiseki people say omakase people say tasting menu Mm -hmm. whatever people want to call it but what it really comes down to is you are the hand of god How many uh, how many dishes are on an average menu for you? Um, we have two menus. One's fifty five. One's eighty. The fifty five menu has seven things right now, and I think the eighty dollar menu has fourteen. Wow! Yeah, it's such a good deal. It is a good deal. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It really is. I mean, that's kind of like the biggest thing about Cato. It seems like as everyone is talking about how affordable it is. Yeah, it's a, it's a good deal for the consumer for sure. Our margins aren't that good, but yeah. <laughs> what about alcohol? We currently don't serve alcohol. We're trying to get our license, but there's a park maybe like less than 500 feet away from us. It's not even a park. It's like this little square plot of gated land. Mm-hmm. So they won't let us get our license. Oh, because it's like a public space it, or yeah. something. They're worried about loitering or public intoxication. Exactly. So, like, we go to the city, then we won't That's even. That's so let us fucking try. stupid. Those city laws, like that, just makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is there anything you can ever do about that, or you just have to keep fighting? Or I mean, we're trying. We we check up every like couple weeks, month or so, just to like make sure like anything's changed or no, not. No, no. Think about that logic, though. <laughs> Think about that logic. An, like a fine dining tasting menu restaurant is going to serve alcohol inside of their restaurant mm-hmm. and they're worried about an, an open space that's gated mm-hmm. and they're like, like what hobos are going to come out from the thirties on trains and just like sit there and create a Hooverville out there. It's not even a liquor store you're asking to open. It's an intense like gated thing that's too. so insane. It's like you've, you've tried to break in and it's really hard. Yeah, there's it's like pretty paneled up. Like I, I think hobos used to like stay there in the middle of the night, but it's so paneled up like no one could get inside. It's literally like they're going to be going in and paying high retail prices for high end alcohols. Like, hey, let me get a let me get a forty two dollars shot of Johnny Walker Blue in a brown bag to go, please. <laughs> like, what is what is that? So, are you doing BYOB? We're not allowed to do BYOB. I, for the longest time, we were really adamant about not allowing it just because um, it would jeopardize yeah. our... Um, so that's just, a, that's just a bummer all around then, huh? Yeah, it sucks. I mean, we're still trying, but I know a lot of, we lose a lot of customers. They don't even want to come in if there's no alcohol. So, I mean, yeah, yeah it's tough. That's, yeah. I mean, I guess you could sort of just... I guess you can just smoke weed before you come. Yeah. We, we've had people do that. <laughs> uh, have you experimented with any THC cuisine? No, not at all. 
Do you do you uh, not partake? I do, but I I haven't since college. Maybe or I don't do as often as I did. Do in college. you have any interest in in that world of edible fine dining edibles? Because even when I eat, I don't, I don't have any interest in it really. Because I when I eat, I don't like to drink either. I mean, sure. I'll, yeah, I'll try. Oh, like, really? Yeah, I'll try beverage pairings, but I'm not trying to like get drunk while I eat. I'll drink after, but how responsible? Why is that? I just feel like it kind of dulls your senses when you're eating. I, could, I mean, a certain, I mean, maybe a glass of wine for me kind of helps start mm-hmm. the appetite, like I and impaired. But I think you certainly hit a point where you're just like, I'm not tasting yeah. as yeah. much as what's going I mean, on. I, I think it's, it's very similar to like if you're playing darts or playing pool, where like if you're stone cold sober, you're gonna be bad. If you have six drinks, you're gonna be bad. But if you have like two and a half beers, <laughs> there's a sweet spot. Yeah, I think you can hit that sweet spot with you know a couple of nice glasses of wine and yeah. order some sake. Yeah. For Meanwhile, sure. Jason at two beers is just hitting like darts and other people in the room. He's like, man, I'm really good. I'm really, I'm really dialed in on these two beers. You right got here. it. You got it. Ah, we got a bleeder. <laughs> Where um so you grew up in LA? Yeah, I grew up in Walnut. It's like thirty mm-hmm. mi- or thirty minutes east of here, so pretty close. But I was just talking to my hometown friend. Even though we grew up like so close to LA, it doesn't feel like we're part of LA. Yeah, because you're not. Because you're yeah. from Walnut, <laughs> <laughs> bumfuck nowhere. I mean, I'm, I'm from Orange County, and I feel the same way. We're okay, two completely different worlds. Yeah, very close. Very close. Half an hour away, and then. Were your parents in the food biz as well? Um, my mom was in Taiwan, but when they came over here, they kind of, they were, I forgot what they were studying in college, but they kind of gave everything up just to come to the States, and now they're interior designers, which is completely off, but. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Did you have them design your restaurant? I'm assuming no. Yeah, we did. Oh, well, you did? I, I told them exactly what I wanted, and I just asked them to help us source the materials, mm-hmm. help us with construction, so, yeah. Okay. How was, that? How was it working with your folks doing that, trying to get a restaurant up and running? At first, I mean, when I came back here, I was, I was cooking elsewhere, and then I came back to Los Angeles, and my parents had told me they already rented out this space. They were going to do, like, catering or, like, a small, like, alongside a small Taiwanese cafe. Oh, wow. So we started out by them asking me, hey, like, do you want to help us out? make enough money to travel elsewhere and cook and just like take like a couple months downtime so at yeah. first it was going to be a taiwanese cafe it was going to be like noodles rice bowls mm-hmm. fantastic so, yeah so i at first the only input i had was design mm-hmm. they were just asking me what would what, what would kids like to eat in nowadays so i just sure. gave them that design i told them blue bottle coffee something along those lines like wood white Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's why those uncomfortable chairs are there. <laughs> so you wanted, so they wanted to start a small catering company. Yeah. But did they have experience in that at all, or why did they want to do that? Uh, well, it was a long story, but they basically <laughs> had some sort of like catering contract worked out with a with a college nearby, and they mm-hmm. were going to supply them with lunchbox for their students to sell oh. at their general stores and stuff. Very cool. So I mean, at first they were saying like, "Oh, it's going to be a great." going to be a great gig we're gonna make some money but they're just looking at it uh, from a business standpoint yeah, like this it's is not a like they way. wanted to cook yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so i mean we did that and like i don't know how to cook taiwanese food my mom was telling me some recipes and it was there was just this back and forth of miscommunication every day and then we were testing recipes and i couldn't really do it so we opened a month later from that entire process and then i opened with my menu and we did three days of a la carte mm-hmm and it didn't really pan out. And then 
on the fourth day we did the uh, tasting menu. Wow. Yeah. This wow. is like this is the opposite of how I'd expect something uh, as high end as what you're doing to kind of come together. That it would come together accidentally oh, and no. so quickly. Yeah, we needed time to open too, but we we were paying rent. I think we paid like two months rent already, and we couldn't really afford it. So we we're like, yeah. fuck it, we have to start selling sure. food. Yeah. I think I like the idea of you guys doing some some lunch lunch lunchbox style like bento things as well. Yeah, I, I mean we're working on a couple of things, but definitely not out of that space. Okay. So, um, that's, that's a pretty good story. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> like when it was happening, I was just like, fuck, I don't want to deal with this. This is so like, hectic. where did you, where were you cooking before? Like, were you- I was stodging in San Francisco. Okay. And what kind of food? Um, I was stodging. We, we did like Asian food at Banu and then Kwa was like Californian food. Mm-hmm. Sure. So yeah, I have no idea how to really cook Chinese or Taiwanese food. Right. You go to culinary school? No. I have a BS in anthropology, so nothing wow. to do with cooking. Incredible. I worked in anthropology, too, <laughs> in Newport. <laughs> where did you, so how did you get excited about cooking food? Uh, or where did it start? Well, Or is there a start? I mean, or just kind of happened? Washing dishes. Yeah, I, I washed dishes Alton in college. Alton Brown. Mm-hmm. Washed dishes in college, watched a lot of Food Network, and then um, I, was al- I was always really into food because I didn't spend – an awful amount of time with my parents growing up. So like meals were super important. Um, celebrations were always centered around meals. Mm-hmm. Why and, were you, why were you not spending that much time with them? Were they I busy? Mean, they were, yeah, they were working a lot. They were like the typical like immigrant story. They were working like really early in the morning to like really late at night. Um, yeah. They, so um, were you solo or do you have brothers and sisters? I'm an only child. So most of my time was spent with, like, babysitters and stuff. My parents always have this joke that they said. Um, I guess it was true, so it's more of a story than a joke. But <laughs> they said my first language was Spanish because I spent so much time with a really? babysitter. Yeah. So they had to kind of wean me off a babysitter and teach so me. So were you a little bad boy? No, I was, I was good. I was quiet. I mean, I didn't sure. spend too much time with people, so, I mean, quiet. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just you... Watching a lot of Food Network on TV with babysitters. Yeah, pretty much. What was your What was your fave show? Iron Chef. The only thing I remember was Japanese Iron Chef and Emerald. Sure. Yeah. Those are two very. Those are the big ones. Those are like the foundations in the earlier <laughs> days. I miss Japanese Iron Chef a lot. Wasn't Emerald on like five days a week? He was on a lot. Yeah. I mean, he had like a show. He had like a daily weekday show. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, crazy. I watched it all the time. Never cared about anything that he made. <laughs> <laughs> None of it interested me at all. <laughs> Neither did he. <laughs> I kind of. I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I. It's been years since I saw, I've seen an episode, but I feel like without knowing better, I got a soft spot for Emerald. I always feel like he. You know, I gravitate towards the personalities that are friendlier. Mm-hmm. You know that. As opposed to like the the yelling, shaming, angry celebrity. He chefs. seems like fake friendly though. Like once the cameras are off, like psycho, like psycho. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. He'll, I feel like he turned into an asshole. Just rubbing cayenne in your eyes. <laughs> uh, you do it again. Do it better. <laughs> you also uh, you worked at Alma. Yeah, I was there. Nice. Yeah, I was there for a little before I went to San Francisco. I was just playing tennis with Ari a couple days ago. Oh, dope. Yeah, he's like, oh, you got that guy on? (laughs) (laughs) Are you guys bros? Um, I mean, I haven't talked to him since I left. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was after you were in San Francisco? No, that was before I was in San Francisco. So was that your first, Um, like, like, kind of 
higher end fine dining like experimental stuff yeah before that i mean my only restaurant job was washing dishes and cutting vegetables and then so how did you get how did you get on the line at alma without any experience um i don't know some pics balls (laughs) some pics no i just asked the stodge i just i walked in with like my very limited resume Mm -hmm. because all my like all my everything on my resume was non-food related so i went in just hand and be like hey I've had jobs. Yeah. <laughs> They're not related. <laughs> but I've had jobs. And and he said, "Okay, cool. Start cutting radishes." Yeah. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. It was just picking herbs the first day and I just it got into working into the line. I think they were short staffed so they needed someone mm-hmm. on snacks. The classic story. Yeah, the classic sure. story. Somebody on the line was too hungover to come into work <laughs> and you saw an opportunity. Yeah. What was like? What was an early dish that you were making there, where you really kind of like started to understand the the depths of flavor and everything? Now, um, I remember having an abalone dish at Banu, and I was just mm. thinking it's it was very, very, very masterful. Mm-hmm. Like mm. this is what cooking could be. So I with abalone, yeah, it's weird. I I have a lot of friends. Like, Korean friends who love, like, abalone is just considered, like, the highest point when it's yeah. done really well. I've never, I've never been able to sample it, though. I've it's never... a delicacy for East Asians, because we like yeah. it dried. But, uh-huh. I mean, in California, abalone is such a, such a big, like, unique ingredient that yeah. you can eat it, like, you, we eat it fresh here. Yeah. Yeah, we do it a lot at the restaurant, too. Mm-hmm. And how would you describe abalone to somebody who's never had it? Abalone's like... Because I think a lot of it's texture, too, right? It is. A lot of it's texture, especially the dried ones. It's just like a luxury product where you cook it for a super long amount of time, and it's just like really soft flesh. Mm-hmm. Um, East so, Asian, you, so you get it like freeze-dried in a packet? You, it's dried. It's like, it's, just, just, it's like, you know how there's like dried scallops, like compoy? Like it's mm-hmm. just dried like that, and you rehydrate it in like a master stock or like a really like thick chicken stock mm-hmm. over like two days. Oh, wow. Over two a, days? Over a really low heat, yeah. Holy shit. Amazing. Yeah. It was kind of like those Chinese banquet dishes I had. Yeah, like shark and soup or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Back when it, back when that was okay. When that was okay. Yeah, <laughs> shark sure. in the glory but, days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Before Obama ruined shark fin soup for us. So, abalone. <laughs> so how so the, the flavor is it's like a little fishy but it's not too It's not too fishy. It's not it's too powerful. A, yeah, it's more of a clam. It's it's really mild. It's just masterful because of how you can prepare it, how you can make something like that tender again. Yeah. So what's a, how do you prepare it at, at the restaurant? Because I saw like you had a dish with abalone and uni. Yeah, we sometimes do it in a porridge. We slice it really thin and put it in a porridge, mm. or we, um, we kind of prepare it whole. But like abalone inherently is pretty tough, so it's, I think it's kind of cool when you can get it like tender and like as a steak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It takes us a while to like pound it out and like cut it. Is abalone expensive? Abalone is expensive. I believe abalone right now is like twenty eight ninety five a pound. That's mm. wholesale. That's wholesale. Yeah. Yeah. So how are your uh, how are your like wholesale restaurant connections going now? Are you plugged in with all the distributors and and farmers market farmers? I mean, we get most of our we get most of our like. We serve seafood, basically, so it's really important to us that we maintain a connection with our seafood purveyors, mm-hmm. and they've been really nice to us from the get-go, so, I mean, we've, we've definitely developed a really, really good relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Now, and now that you guys are kind of, you got a lot of juice going, 
do you get some better access to things? Um, yeah, like he'll he'll kind of throw us like, hey, we have this, this, this. Do you want something? And then um, sometimes he just opens up a trench coat and it's just all hanging inside <laughs> there. Just yeah, food just hanging in the trench. He's like, hey, I got that hang. good, good. Because he tells me Japanese chefs go at like four or five a.m. here. Oh yeah, here. For sure. To that, the seafood purveyors. And then I was like, I thought that was like a Japanese thing. I didn't know they did that here. But they have fish that they don't have on their price list just for Japanese chefs. Oh, wow. Yeah, for like sushi chefs and stuff. For the, for the true heads. Yeah. And this makes sense. This makes perfect sense considering how sushi lives and dies on very singular ingredients. You have, right. I mean, like, oh, my God, there's nothing else to do except buy the fish. Yeah, when you for for your menu, it's not. Do people people don't pay in advance? Do they? No, we we should probably. Have you thought work. about doing that with yeah. like cancellations and things like that? Nowadays, we don't get that many no shows. But when we first opened, I remember like four months in, we had a Saturday where we were almost full, and we ended up having only thirty people eat. And it, yeah, I was just brutal. It was crazy. Yeah, that really hit us. Yeah, I feel like that trend seems to be sparking up a little bit more, especially with places that do like higher end things. Like if you have to buy a giant, crazy expensive fish, yeah, to just make sure that it doesn't go to waste. Yeah, was it? I mean, I I can imagine, and maybe this isn't the case, but I can imagine. Was it nerve wracking? You know, with that timeline, opening the restaurant and like slowly trying to build a following, considering what you were doing. It was bad because. The first three days we opened, nobody came. Right. And I was like, fuck, I'm about to, <laughs> I'm about to disappoint my parents. How, well, did how, you, how did you try to get the word out beforehand? Or like what, what was like the... No, I went into it very, very naive. We yeah. just said, hey, we're going to open. Like People will walk by and come in. Right. But I mean, on our, third, our fourth day, um, Eater reached out to us, Farley Elliott. Mm-hmm. Amazing, amazing dude. Mm-hmm. He uh, decided to ask us some questions, and then he posted a, an article about us. And a couple hours later, we ended up being fully booked for about a week and a half. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's great. So yeah. you owe him. Yeah, I owe him my life for sure. You're gonna have, your Did firstborn is going to be named Farley, Farley. <laughs> unfortunately. Not just Farley, Farley Elliott. <laughs> Did you – okay, so the, those are two very intense extremes that can also – I mean, being fully booked – as a three-day-old restaurant, that also mm-hmm. can kill you, too. I mean, that also can be like, how did you feel about that? It was crazy, because at first, it was just me and my sous chef. Yeah. It was crazy. It was just me and my friend. Really? Cooking, yeah. It was nuts. Because we didn't think people were going to come in, so it was just me and him. And yeah, yeah. Well, you start small. You kind of like, that's, that is a classic story where it's like the small kind of, or I'm not to say small, but like the, you know, just beginning new restaurant starting on a small scale not a huge staff because trying to build and then three days you're booked and you're like no a little more a little more lead up time this isn't fun anymore yeah Yeah. (laughs) when and you 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 were just uh a la carte when you first opened was the menu a lot different when those first few days it was a lot different compared to what it is now yeah like a a little more casual or a little less inventive. It was more like shared plate stuff. I think it was a little more approachable, maybe. Let's let's mm-hmm. talk about some like just give to give a feel for somebody who hasn't been the dishes and kind of uh-huh. like what. How yeah, you well, would... one like one thing I just saw you post was the uh, the foie strawberry milk bread. Oh what's, yeah, what's that called? Uh, it was like an uncrustable. Uncrustable. I don't think we're allowed to say that, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, no, you know, uncrustable is not going to hit you with the cease and desist. I'm sure. Hopefully not. 
But that one, so that's like, uh, do you remember an Uncrustable, Andre? Mm-mm. It was like a press that you put like two pieces of bread in, and then it like clamps down and around, so the, the crust gets cut off, and then it's like secured in one little like pot. It, like you do that with like a PB&J or something? Exactly. So okay. it looks like a, like a steamed bow or something like that. It's just like white bread flesh. Yeah, okay. Got it. Yeah. So the so that so that was Japanese milk bread. Yeah. Did you make the milk bread yourself? No, or? we're we're working on it, but Japanese milk bread is kind of difficult, especially to get in that perfect square. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was looking into that because I really wanted to try to make Japanese milk bread, but with like a higher quality flour, maybe. Yeah. Because it's such like a processed thing. Yeah. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. I love it, but it's like so. God knows what they put in it. You yeah. Know? It's like way too chewy. Like you don't know what's in it and. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like a Twinkie or something like that. Yeah. It's just, but it's like the Asian it, it seems really hard to make it and have it be that airy. Yeah, it's it's really difficult. All right, if you can't do it, then I'm not even going to try. No, well, we just started. I'll, I'll definitely trade notes with you. Because you have to get like a, the that special pan for it and everything. Yeah, like they ha- they have those pans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that so it's it's that filled with foie. Filled with foie. And, and how is the foie prepared? Just, it's just like your typical mousse. It's just blended with some uh, cream and then mm-hmm. salt, sugar. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's a thick mousse? It's pretty thick, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if it's a little too thin, we'll maybe add some gelatin. This is a great. This is a, such a great concept and idea. And then I love it. how's the strawberry in there? Um, we used to do like a strawberry consomme, and then we would stick one of the pieces of the cooked strawberry in the middle. But now we're just making um, – we're just – Blending fresh strawberries with sugar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. It tastes a lot more... Like, we don't like it to taste cooked, so it tastes a lot better than the consomme. So you just blend sugar and strawberries? Yeah, and a little citric acid. Wow. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> so then... Our it. food's, like, really simple. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's... that. I, I feel mean, like our simple dishes are a lot better than our complicated dishes, mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, those are the ones that you really crave and you're it's easier to appreciate them yeah. when it's all just like a concise simple thing yeah and it's more impressive that way when you when you pull it off yeah it's like when you have a piece of nigiri where it's just rice and fish and exactly. you're like this is fucking crazy yeah but it's with an uncrustable instead <laughs> so good um so that's a good yeah i mean and I, I the thing i like about the food even though i've never eaten it just by looking at it is like it's like really thoughtful Clear and concise, but there's no like bullshit going on yeah. with it. There's no like dumb garnishes and yeah. shit all over it that makes it that could take away from it. It's just like here is exactly what it is, and that's it. Yeah, and if we put a, like something on a dish, like it's meant to be eaten. I know a lot of people look at flowers or something, but it does right. add to the taste. So yeah. I mean, you, if you flowers look you cool. smack in the back of heads for people that aren't finishing the plates. <laughs> I put it there for a reason, dummy. But like. I mean, I've never eaten a flower and been like, damn, let me get another flower. Hey, how many flowers you got back there? <laughs> no, but, you know, the, the, sum, the sum of its parts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I also saw you were making tacos a little bit. Oh, that was a joke. Maybe more of yeah. just, like, on the side. Yeah, we're, we're testing out these, like, uh, mushu pancakes. We're kind mm-hmm. of blending uh, scallion pancakes with mushu pancakes. Mm-hmm. Maybe as, like, a more casual concept. And then... Um, we were just dicking around, and we ended up making tacos out of all the dishes we had. <laughs> well, what was the best one? Oh, the soft shell crab taco for sure, mm. and the um, the smelt one. Those were really good. I would totally consider making those a menu item. So were you? I love little fried smelts, man. Yeah, so good. It's weird. Americans don't like seeing the heads on fish. That's true. We don't. Yeah, 
don't know, every I don't time I it. eat a whole smelt with the head, I'm like, this doesn't seem right, but I'm just <laughs> gonna do it. Yeah, and you're and you were saying that they don't really have a real strong overpowering fish taste, right? If you get if you get a good quality fresh one, it's very light and mild. Yeah, but it has a lot of good like fattiness to it. Mm-hmm. Well, so with the soft shell crab, we're just kind of frying, battering, frying. Yeah, we have a really we have a tempura batter we really 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 like. So mm-hmm. we we just dip it in that, and then um, we put on like a Meyer lemon vinaigrette, mm-hmm. and then some like uh, roasted chili jam. That we make that's really really good too. Wow, what uh, what is your tempura method? Um, we go like um, we get we get um, sparkling water really really cold, and then we go fifty fifty. What kind of sparkling water? We use Pellegrino. Nice, yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, but we go fifty fifty um, all purpose flour, um, sparkling water. And um, salt to taste, mm-hmm. and then we just keep it really, really cold. So that's so keeping it cold really helps. How what what does that do? Um, I mean, if like the temperature difference in the batter and the really hot oil, like you get those like nice big bubbles in it. So it kind of like shocks it. Yeah, it okay. like lets it expand. So you want it to kind of poof up. Yeah, and we sift the flour too, and we don't over whisk it so it's still carbonated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So a lot of testing went into this, I'm sure. Yeah, but it's it's something I had in my pocket from a while back. So mm-hmm. when you so when you opened the restaurant too, was the restaurant the kitchen already kind of designed for you? Oh man, that restaurant was such a mess when we went in. It was so crazy. it was a previously it was a restaurant. It space. was a restaurant, yeah. So we just replaced everything in it. We did this like deep clean. And then we just added equipment. Because when you mentioned that you're doing frying, too, I was like, you know, if you were going into a, a non-preexisting space trying to get everything vented and ready for fryers, that's just like, eek. Mm-hmm. But, okay, okay, yeah, so it was already kind of lined up for you a little bit, although you had to do a lot of work. Yeah, pretty much. It wasn't so bad. What, um, what, other, what kind of, like, chemicals are you cooking with? You were mentioning, like, citric acid and, I mean, not chemicals, but, like, like hydrocolloids and like additives and mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, for our savory stuff, we don't really use it, but our pastry chef's really, really amazing. He makes all these like crazy looking pastries and he uses a lot of stuff. I don't exactly know what he uses, but his ice creams always turn out amazing. They're smooth as fuck. There's no like ice mm. in it. You know? It's hard to like, do that. It is. His ice creams are amazing. We're doing like a dessert tasting now at the walk in or like for walk ins at the bar. It's thirty-five a person for like six desserts. It's pretty. It's oh, pretty that's good. great! Dessert tasting. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's also perfect. Dessert omakase. Yeah. That sounds fun, actually. It is really fun. I'm yeah. not even a, a big dessert guy, but that sounds amazing. Especially, but it's especially for something like that where end of the night you're in the neighborhood. That's where, like you, you know, like so many times a place may not have good dessert that you're eating at, and it's always more fun to be like, oh, let's go get dessert somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Second location. I like that look. That's what we're thinking too. Yeah. Yeah. What um what people have come into your restaurant that you just freaked out about? Um, Celebs or food people or chefs or something. Lately I mean Jonathan Gold came by three weeks ago really unexpectedly and I wasn't like shocked, but we were like freaked out. We were like, <laughs> yeah. we were like dude, what the fuck? It's like Wednesday at like you're like ten minutes past our last seating. 
Oof. Oh, really? Yeah. And our buddy Steve Sampson was eating in the dining room. Did he have a, was he just a walk-in or was? He was just a walk-in. I didn't even know. And then Steve texted me. He's like, hey, Jonathan Gold is in the dining room. And then it was funny because like we were were dicking around that day because we finished all our covers so early. So like one of our cooks got iced. And he's just like drunk. And, like, you mean like Smirnoff ice? Like Smirnoff ice. <laughs> That's so great. So the day Jay Gold comes in, your line cook is pretty drunk. Yeah, he's a little. He's a little... Oh, restaurant hygiene. I like that you guys are beautiful. still icing. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that <laughs> for sure. So, did you did you meet him? Did you go out and talk to him? Or no, I didn't go out and talk to him. The second time he came, I didn't go out either. I'm not too good at like talking to random people so i didn't want to kind of ruin it for us <laughs> <laughs> and he did not want to come back and talk mm-hmm. to you guys no i don't yeah so does that mean there's going to be a jay gold review on the horizon probably it came out oh it, did, yeah. oh it came out i think like two weeks ago two three weeks ago and how do we feel about it i didn't read it i mean people were telling us congratulations but i don't think it read well as we wanted to well how so what were you it was pretty, like, ambiguous. Yeah. Yeah, there weren't, like, he didn't talk about any hits or misses. But mm. that's, I mean, I feel like, I feel like that's kind of more Jonathan Gold than some reviewers. Definitely. In that he's, he describes what you're going to eat when you go to it, as mm-hmm. opposed to, you know, someone's this was good, this was bad. thumbs up, thumbs down, something is, like, simplistic and, and less interesting. I think, you know, yeah. But... How crazy does it feel reading a Jonathan Gold review about you? It's cool. It's very surreal. I, like, I didn't expect it. I didn't think it would happen. But I mean, I'm glad it, I'm glad it did. So after that, incredible. did business get bumped up even more so? Yeah. People came in. They were, some people brought the newspaper in. Some people were reading it on their cell phones as they were eating. It was just kind of weird. That is weird. Yeah. People like, had it on their cell phone while they were eating. Dorks. Yeah, I'm like, dude, there's someone across from you. Just <laughs> enjoy their company. Is yeah. that a person also with like a 50 pound long lens and like a DSLR? <laughs> it's just like, oh yeah, we get a we get a lot of those after uh, after reviews. Sure. Yeah. I, I, do people when, when they bring in the big cameras are they usually like earlier reservations, hoping to get some natural lighting? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean. I kind of like that. It's kind of good though, because like if you're if you if it's gonna happen, at least they're making a dinner reservation at five forty five to get a little bit of magic hour. Yeah. So like the cool people who are eating at between eight and ten don't have to see these yeah. lens dorks. <laughs> and it's I'm, like yeah, non intrusive. That's mm-hmm. my friend Dan says. Get them out. Get them out. <laughs> I don't want them there. Get them out of the restaurant. How is your lighting in there? Eat early. It's mediocre at best. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Bring a flash and a softbox if you're going to go for mm-hmm. your food blog. You, um, how much has Instagram been a part of your restaurant? I feel like it's a, kind of a big part. Yeah, it, our Instagram got a lot better. We, used to, we deleted all the pictures we started out with, but we used to be really bad at it. It used to just be me and my friend, and I'm not too good at taking pictures. We're just snapping these horrible pictures, posting them. Mm-hmm. You receive like 10 of the same dish like 10 hamachi dishes and we're just like yeah, <laughs> what are we even doing yeah just you at a drake concert that's, that's, <laughs> that's the instagram for the for the restaurant um what's what's your in and out order my in and out order is um double double um whole grilled onion whole raw onion and chopped grilled onion 
Wait. Wow. <laughs> wait, wait, a triple wait. onion. Yeah. That's I've never heard of that before. They get angry. I'm glad I asked. <laughs> but they do it. They do it. So Dang. you get reluctantly. So what you fucking love onions then, huh? It started off when I was in high school. I don't even like raw onions anymore, but I mean Okay, so you get whole grill onion that's like the a, 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 a like a circle yeah of onion yeah grilled and then the chopped like cooked down onions yeah and then raw raw onion onion as well yeah. what's going on with you man yeah <laughs> that's my next in and out order i have to do this so what is that what does this onion bring to the table it's just like extra crunch yeah it's, yeah i always get raw onion in and out for texture but i also like onion a lot damn yeah. maybe i need okay what else do you get on there and what? i'll go like well done fries you gotta get well done fries. well done yeah. fries for sure I don't know what they call the underdone fries, but I know a lot of people get those too, where they're kind of like soggy and under. Like intentionally? Like intentionally. What kind of I th- monster? I think, <laughs> I think In-N-Out fries just already start out under. Yeah, you can the, get them soggier. They have like a minute 30 window, a shelf life of like a minute 30. <laughs> that, who, who would ever want to eat a soggy fry? Monsters. But like there's, there's that restaurant Malo. They used to do that with tortilla chips. Yes. You could get underdone tortilla chips. Interesting. And then... But it, it seems like they're just so much greasier. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And it's, it's an, but, I, but I would order them sometimes like 50-50. So like half crunchies, half softies. And then when you like stack them together, you kind wow. of get best of both worlds. What's wrong with you, bro? <laughs> See, Let's you, flip you, that on you. You get What's a hard with chip you, with a soft chip on top of that? Yeah. It's, it's not unlike getting a hard onion and a soft onion. I, do, like, I, I don't have real fond memories of the food at Malo, but... Their chips and salsa, their salsas were always really good. I have no fun memories of that, except for beef and, beef and pickle, pickle taco. tacos. And mm-hmm. then the salsa flight. Next time I go to In-N-Out, I'm going to order French fries well done, 50-50, French fries soft. Don't. And you put them together. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Okay. I always get um, a double-double but no cheese, so just I guess that's a double. I just don't like the American cheese on my burgers. I, I love have, cheese on the burger. I have to have American cheese. Have to have American cheese. I don't on the burger? dig cheddar, but I like American cheese. You don't dig cheddar, period, or on in and out? Not on a burger. Not on a burger. Yeah. Really? Just, yeah. You need the artificial melty. Yeah. There's something about the texture. I I totally appreciate that. It's just not for me. I feel like it just takes away some of the flavor of the burger. That's What's your favorite burger in LA? Oh, good question. What's my favorite burger in LA? I was just gonna say In and Out. Fair. Yeah. Okay, give me like a, but maybe like a gourmet one then. I can't recall a really good burger I've had lately. I guess neither can I actually. Yeah. It's too busy making food. <laughs> Do you, so the idea for kind of a seafood focused restaurant, where does that, where did that come from? I just really like seafood. Like when I was growing up, like, like I said, like my fondest memories growing up were just sharing meals with my parents. So right. when we used to celebrate, we used to go down to Redondo Beach mm. and get a bunch of like fresh seafood. Go mm-hmm. down to like the Korean seafood house, eat a bunch of raw fish, Dungeness crabs, seafood like soup. Love mm-hmm. it. Yeah, my parents used to always buy. They used to buy like a whole fish for like big dinners at home. Mm-hmm. Cook the fish, like steam it, and mm-hmm. then we used to steam like Ridgeback prawns, spot prawns. So my life was just seafood as a child. So, so when you had you had it to do for yourself, it just kind of came naturally that you wanted yeah. to do seafood. That makes sense. Healthy boy. Healthy boy. And healthy. <laughs> that's right. Now that you're a professional chef, is it hard to stay healthy? Or do you feel like you're 
eating too much? Yeah, I, I think I've Are gained Are you getting like, fatter? Yeah, I've gained like 17 pounds since we opened the restaurant. 17? Yeah. <laughs> 17 counting today, yeah. <laughs> and for listeners at home, you're you are you have a small frame, so seventeen. Yeah, that's that's nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. <laughs> so that I mean, I could only imagine if I was just surrounded by all this good food, and you you know you're going to be taking nibbles the whole time. Yeah, like we have a grilled wagyu short rib right now. I'm Oof. just eating that shit every day. I would too. Nonstop. I would too. Of so course. what are you what are you going to do? Well, how are we going to lose this weight? These last two weeks, I've be been necessary. trying to be vegetarian. But also oh. for our listeners at home, he doesn't—he's not he's fat. A, at I don't all. even know where. So, yeah, I don't even know where seventeen pounds came from. It's the fit man over here. So you're, you're trying to go vegetarian? Well, not like like I'll do fish sauce or like dashi, but I won't eat like right. steak or anything. What about? This is obviously not going to work. It's not going to work. It's not going like. <laughs> <laughs> it's for sure not going to happen. If you have wagyu short ribs yeah. at your disposal, it's going to be tough. Yeah, it's not going well for sure. What about having like a jujitsu trainer in the kitchen? You got five minutes of time. Boom, you're rolling. Get back <laughs> up. Start getting the covers out. Yeah. Are you like? Are you like surfing in the morning? Things like I feel like you well, should start doing that. Maybe yeah, it's a I, good look for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've I've been trying to go to the gym, but where's, it's hard. Yeah. Where's it's the hard time? to fit in time? Yeah, how has your personal life been affected now that you're fully in this? Oh, yeah, I don't have a personal life. Yeah, it's just the you restaurant, right? Yeah, it's just the restaurant. Yeah. You have a girlfriend? Not at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Looking for Bay right now? Well, I mean, we just broke up, so. Oh, shit. Yeah. Dang. I'm sorry. It's okay. This podcast is now only going to be about that. <laughs> no, Jason. <laughs> I'm here kidding. to keep that from happening, don't I'm worry. I'm just kidding. Uh, it's tough, man. It is. I'm sure it's you're learning hard. a lot. Yeah. All consuming. It is. But exciting, right? It's fun. I mean, it's worth it. At least it's something like I'm passionate and interested about. Yeah. Yeah. Your parents must be kind of blown away. They're like the typical like Asian. They're parents. never going to give you the shine. Sure. Yeah. They're like so like if this fails, you're going you're going to go back to like grad school, right? Dang. No, it's so when this fails, yeah. you're going <laughs> to. I mean, you just have to, you know, once you buy them a house or something like that, then they're going to yeah. then they're yeah. going to be like, okay. Yeah, I think my next move is getting them a car. What is mm. um yeah, so what's the what's the parents' dream car? If something if they could have anything with the bow in the in the driveway, what does it look like? I want to get them like a Range Rover or something. Dang, all right. I can't I can't afford it right now. Kato's doing good. Damn, Kato's doing real good. Yeah, when we see pops pull up in the rover, we know that the, the, the restaurant's full. Yeah, I feel like a lot of chefs I know, like, they have no life. Yeah. They have they have no time to do anything, so they usually have a good car. Like they have a nice yeah. car because that's like the least themselves. they can do. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. It's the only thing you're. I mean, it's you're just like you're working or you're like in bed. So at least when you're going going around town, you have like a sick ass car. Yeah. Because you have no time to spend your money on anything else. Yeah. Other than like a new oven or something. Yeah. What's the most flex car you can think of a chef that you know has and you don't have? I mean, I, when I, I interviewed Voltaggio, he said he has, like, a shitload of cars. Yeah. Yeah, like, he, has, he has, like, a Lambo or he has something. Like a, yeah, he has, like, a Lambo and shit. That's crazy. I, how, does, how do you afford that? I think you have a restaurant. Any, any, any chef he, that has a restaurant Is he making that much Ve- yeah, bread? That's that TV money. That's that Vegas money, too. <laughs> yeah, I guess Anytime so. Anytime you have a restaurant where your name's big enough to garner a restaurant in Vegas. Have you had any offers from business developers wanting to... Get in on the Cato action? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're currently in the process of another restaurant. Wow. 
Yeah. Congrats. It's a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. How far into the process are you? Um, it's an interesting situation. Is it a pokey? Re- <laughs> is it a pokey restaurant? It's not a pokey restaurant for sure. <laughs> matcha? It's matcha bar. It's a, it's a matcha bar. Um, there's one bagels? matcha thing in there actually. Oh, yeah. okay. So we're gonna have one matcha drink. Nice. What? Yeah. Where? Where? What, what part of town is it? Uh, or are you, do you not want to talk about any of these details yet? I mean, it's so early in the project, I don't really want to say anything about yeah, it. Yeah. I don't want to jinx it or anything, but Good. it's on the west side. Good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. I mean, we're like, I feel like we're like a thread away from either being really close to finishing or really far, like back to base. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can picture what you're saying. Yeah. Well, congrats, man. Just move Thank the you, needle man. in one direction. It's- yeah. yeah, we're like really tiptoeing around the whole thing, so we'll see if it happens. I mean, look, if you don't have enough time, if you're already pressed for time now, you might as well open a second restaurant and really have no time for yeah. yourself. <laughs> well, you know, you're starting your empire. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, that's the, that's the goal. How has this improved your, uh, your business sense? Um, I mean, I'm learning a lot every day, which I really appreciate. I'm we like just talk, just having a conversation with different people. I'm trying to like get as much exposure as I can. Trying to is that is that a side of the business that you're interested in, or is it something that you're you would rather have somebody else do? Are you like a spreadsheet guy? No, I'm dead. Oh my gosh, I'm horrible with numbers. I'm, <laughs> I'm a bad Asian. It <laughs> sounds like it. Yeah, I'm a horrible Asian. Because that's, I mean, so much of you know selling food for a living is a lot of those running those numbers and yeah. food costs and ratios and yeah. yeah. Price per pound and all that stuff, like like anything that happens in the kitchen, I can handle. But if it goes beyond, like if you start throwing like like percentages and like other stuff, like, sure, I that's not yeah. Yeah, do you like calculate all of your food costs per dish? Yeah, that yeah. food costs I do, but mm-hmm. like anything else, my GM does or our accountant does. So mm-hmm. yeah, well, that, I mean that makes sense too. Yeah. What's, oh, go ahead. Just also, you want to have. I'm sure as a as a chef with a restaurant making a name for yourself, you want to have control of your food costs and not necessarily in the from a profit standpoint, but from I need to make dishes to impress and get people in, and this is my name on them. So you said your margins. You know, mentioned your words weren't great. That's also. I mean, that's that makes sense. Starting off and trying to really get exposure for a business. You want to put as much as you possibly mm-hmm. can without losing money to really kind of And then you start like raising the prices. Blow people away. Well, yeah. <laughs> and start jacking it up. Is that something that you too. feel like you might do? Not, not for this space. Not for this space. So yeah. you want to keep it this great value. Yeah. Our, our, like our priority right now is like great food that's really innovative yeah. that no one else is doing. That, like, it has to taste good. Our first priority isn't like it, like being Instagrammable yeah. or it being like I think that was one of the things in the Jonathan Gold review they're like everything looks very Instagrammable but we're not going out and saying hey we're putting a flower on just cause it looks good right. Like, right. it has to taste good first mm-hmm. so I mean yeah making how money's... did it feel when you said everything looks very Instagrammable I, <sighs> <laughs> I don't know it's I... kind of tough because it did, when I see your, the photos of your food on Instagram it doesn't seem like that kind of food like it doesn't seem like you're overly trying to do some yeah. bullshit it's not in like pink bowls and shit so yeah it's we're not trying to i mean you eat with your eyes yeah but if you have the option to make your dish look cool and pretty yeah why not like, why I'm not? not gonna like throw shit on a plate and just call it a day yeah 
I mean, your restaurant's cheap, but it's not that cheap. Yeah. You still got to, people still need to be wowed when the plate comes out. Yeah. BYOB, bring your own bowl. <laughs> you do have to you bring just, your own bowl. You just ladle it and <laughs> slop it in the bowl. Poop and scoop. Is there, <laughs> is there an ingredient, like a beloved ingredient that you just do not like? A beloved ingredient that I don't. Like some, you know, like some people just can't eat tripe or yeah. some people can't eat Vegemite or something like that. I'm trying to think of something. What about you, Andre? Sure. There's like some fairly heady seafood stuff that I don't necessarily hate, but is... Oh, yeah, you don't like uni, really. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> well, I, what I'm saying, I, I take that... That was such a genuine-sounding... Oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, I, no. I mean, I've had it and liked it, but I would say, like, it's, it's lost on me, some of the subtlety of it for people who truly love it, for right. me. But maybe I still also haven't had that uni dish that, you know, like, blows me away. Come on down. I'm coming. Oh, well, I'm definitely coming down, <laughs> for sure. Um, but, I mean, I, Come on I, I feel like, you know, when somebody describes a certain ingredient and, you know, again, it doesn't repulse me, but it's like, oh, that's, you know, maybe this is lost on me a little bit, like I said. But always open and eat it and try it. I don't like that feeling when you, when you eat something and, you, and you, it makes me wonder, is there something going on that I'm not able to appreciate in this? Sure. And that scares me. That's that's why I don't. <laughs> that scares you. Well, it it, it makes you sad because like when you eat something and you really understand it, like a complex dish, and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I get it. All the all the things that he's trying, he or she is trying to tell me with this dish, it's hitting for me, and it's like a magical thing. But if I eat a dish like that and it, and I'm like, I don't get it. Right. But I mean, that's the beauty of food too. Like you and I can like completely different things, and neither of us would be right or wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Which is true. Yeah. How are you with wine? I'm okay with wine. I mean, I'll drink it, but I'm not. What about coffee? I like coffee. How's but your, I mean, how, I'll drink would you shitty. consider your coffee palate to be? No, for sure. Not. I drink shitty coffee every day. It's just to get me going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like that's the one like frontier of like palate development that's really tough. Coffee. Yeah, I think it has more like flavor profiles and notes than than like way more than wine. Interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah. I've I'll, tried to get into coffee. I feel like there's, like, too much to, like, kind of, like, soak in. Too much to soak in? Yeah. Is that a coffee pun? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, we're going to talk about the best thing that we ate all week because we need to wrap this up pretty soon. I'm bringing it up. So you guys go first. That's why I'm looking at my phone right now. I think the best thing that I ate, uh, we were talking about this last week. Have you seen the Rockbox um pizza oven never it's like a it's like a prosumer pizza oven it's like six hundred dollars and you can be wood or gas and it's it's probably like two feet two feet long it's like really small but it gets to 900 you're kidding me it gets to 900 degrees you can you can do propane or it has like this little thing where you can put wood in it and it takes like 45 minutes probably to get up to 900 but when it does, it, it really, it's like an insane. And, and my friend got one, and I've been cooking pizzas at our house. And it'll, you'll make a full pizza in no more than 60 seconds. Do you have to keep it outdoors? Um, probably, just because, I mean, just because it's so dangerously hot, you yeah. know. You don't want to have it burn anything down. But I feel like that could be, if you if you need to get, like, that wood-burning high heat. Yeah. No, your, that sounds really interesting. In your spot. 
But I made a pizza with um, smoked clams and Fresno chilies mm-hmm. and some green onion. And I've never had a smoked clam pizza before. Wait, were these ingredients you brought? No, she already had them. I made, was, I made like Fresno a... Fresno chilies sitting there? Yeah. Interesting. I made it... Well, I brought um, some like purple potatoes. I made like a white pizza with potatoes on it. It wasn't that good. But smoked clams on the pie is real nice. So they're obviously they're already smoked. Mm-hmm. They just like come in a little can. Okay. Yep. Really good. I, I, I mean, like clam on a pizza, it happens. Do you feel like but your rock lock skills have improved just from the cooking the pizza standpoint since it's now the second time you've done it? Yeah. It's so fun cooking in a pizza oven, man. Are you going to get a rock box? I'm not going to get a rock box. I think but you should. You should. You should. No, you should. <laughs> you should do it. You do it. You can do it. It'll be a write-off. Okay. Boom. All right. What was the best thing you had all week? Um... And you can definitely name a dish at your restaurant. Yeah, I was going to. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that, that's the only food that I have time yeah, to eat. Exactly. I mean, our pastry chef just did this um, chocolate tart with hojicha ice cream. It's fucking amazing. What is that? Um, it's like a roasted green tea. Oh. And he makes an ice cream out of it. Oh, roasted green tea. Yeah. Interesting. Sounds like something your mom would like. And it's like the most beautiful chocolate tart. So just a... Simple, elegant chocolate tart. Yeah. Oh wait, I think I I think I saw yeah, this. Yeah, that little like little round with yeah. like the the sauce poured over it, so it's all smooth and shiny. Yeah, yeah, that one. It's like black. It's black. Yeah, it's like pitch black. It's insane. It's so delicious. So then, food black food coloring. No, it's just um, cocoa powder, gelatin water. Wow. Yeah. And you got it to be that black. Yeah. Crazy. That's impressive. Yeah. So roasted green tea ice cream. Uh-huh. Do you just steep steep the milk with it or and then drain it? Or does it have like tea chunkies in it? I think he yeah, I think he roasts the green tea, strains steeps it in milk. I don't know if it's milk or cream, steeps it and then mixes it with whatever um stabilizers we use. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing when something is subtle like a green tea when you can really taste it in something. When it, you know, obviously, when it's done naturally, I mean, you can do the cheat, and there's like green tea ice creams that are obviously yeah. completely fake, and you're using. Yeah. But when you use still an, down, an ingre- yeah, and still down, <laughs> same. But when you use an ingredient that's so subtle, like a tea leaf, and uh-huh. especially a green tea leaf, as opposed to like a black tea, and you can really taste it, it always blows my mind. Yeah, man. When you get that good, high quality tea, that real subtle flavor. Because the hojicha, when it's roasted, it like changes. It doesn't taste like green tea. It's oh, crazy. what yeah. does it taste like? It tastes kind of like barley, like roasted, Mm -hmm. like toasted barley. Mm -hmm. There's like a little green tea flavor. It tastes almost like caramelly. Yeah. Damn. It's crazy. Am I hyping it up for you guys right now? Yeah, I mean, I want it. Absolutely. Yeah, we wanted this on the dessert tasting. It's only on the dessert tasting. Damn, (laughs) gotta get the dessert tasting. We were trying to come in and eat before we had you on the pod, but we have not had time yet, but we're going to go. Yeah, just let me know. Oh, for sure. For sure. I'll bring some. I'll bring some other people too. Yeah, it'll I'll be fun. This place. So my favorite thing I ate this week is something I made, but it's kind of a cheat. But it forced me to use two ingredients I had never used before that I love that I'm going to use a lot, mm-hmm. which is why I mention it. It's not, you know. Anyway, so it came from New York Times cooking section. Um, it's just titled a "Rice Noodles with Spicy Pork and Herbs." Um, and you're using like send me style um, thin rice noodles. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got, so the basics are like rice vinegar, black vinegar, soy sauce, sugar. 
these are no- things that like, you know a lot of people have maybe the black underground so much but but mm-hmm. it called for and I might not pronounce this right but Y A C A I Yasai Yachai wouldn't be Yachai. It might, it might be Yachai. Yochai, but it's it's it comes in a package and it's but it's not dry. It's wet, but it's different. It's like when you get like you know when you get like a pack of tuna and it's not in the can. It's in like the sealable pouch. Pouch. Where it's oh, like a moist yeah. moist yeah. thingy. Oh, is that like? So it's not dry, but oh. it's it's Szechuan preserved vegetables and they're really salty and yeah. they have bits of. Um, all different kinds of really small chopped vegetables, lotus mm-hmm. roots in there, I think. And, I know. I grew up eating it. It's like and the fennel, people, like mustard stem. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah mustard yeah. stems are in yeah. there, and it's really great. Yeah. And so that part you're sautéing with ground pork, so you're not salting it. And then you've also got soy and vin- black vinegar, so that there, which got, that's the- got its own amount of salt in it. But mm-hmm. so that's seasoning. So it's kind of like a Taiwanese meat, you know, like yeah. like topping for like rice yeah. or noodle bowls um and then the other ingredient was and this is not that uncommon because i've had that but i've never really thought to buy it and i didn't even know kind of where it was because it's always different it's um it's a chili oil but it's the fried chili oil so they fry bird's eye chilies chop them up and then they add um a little bit of salt and then there's like really small fried peanuts inside of it and it's a few other things well, grandma, right? there's a grandma yeah. on it you know there's and i was gonna say so they mentioned to use like a brand like logan ma that's taiwanese it's like that's the taiwanese. Most famous taiwanese taiwanese oh. like hot sauce so i ordered it because i really wanted this so dish. that's like heinz ketchup for y'all yeah yeah it's so good they oh have it's one incredible with like anchovies and so when it, so that's so whenever i go to like sgv or alhambra some places will have it like when i'm getting dumplings and it's always like one of my favorite things but then there's also more of like a Chinese style chili oil that's really mild and very mm. like very different from this, even though they kind of look somewhat similar. Um, but this L A O J N M A brand, mm. um, I ordered it off Amazon because I really wanted to make this dish because this is a dish that I love and I wanted to just do it exactly and not really fool around and see. so. I ordered the pickled Szechuan vegetables and then this chili oil, and it was great. It was just fantastic. And these are two things that will always be in my pantry now just for something as simple as just sautéing some ground mm-hmm. meat with a little bit of that. And then, it's, and then so the dish is, you know, just that simple ground meat sautéed with that chili oil and then just a lot of mint and cilantro and just fresh herbs. Really mm-hmm. simple, really nice. You ate it. It was delish. You liked it. It made me want to try to make my own version of those pickled veggies. That too. Have you, done, have you tried that, John? Yeah, we have. We have a jar of it right now at the restaurant, but we're doing it with just like like the American mustard leaves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it so nice. Make? It's such a nice thing. I have no idea how we make it, but like my mom used to buy it. We used to eat it with rice. She used to get pissed. She'd be like, eat your vegetables, but I just eat like the salty veg like, pickled <laughs> with rice. Yeah, those those are kind of like the things where you mix it with the rice and put it in like the, the omasubi or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's the same kind of vibe it has. Because the most traditional version of that is like pork bone soup, and then they have like um, strips of pork with those vegetables, but they're not spicy, mm-hmm. and then they just put them over like hand pulled noodles. Yep. Yeah, that's like a really like homey dish for us. That sounds mm-hmm. so good. Nice. Thanks, man. Um, well, if you want to go to your restaurant, what's the website for it? Um, our our website is catorestaurant.com. Our mm-hmm. Instagram's Cato Restaurant. Our address is 11925 Santa Monica. What's Boulevard. your personal Instagram? John Yao, J-O-N-Y-A-O. 
I feel like that's where the the real action's at. Yeah, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, like if you want to see like you know, you fucking around making mushu pancake tacos. Oh yeah. Like that's where the stuff that I'm more interested in is living. Yeah, at. we I post really good stories too, so if you want to see people dicking around in the kitchen. Oh good. That's all we want. I'm in. Yeah. Thanks so much for doing this, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. Bye.